Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, the podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched Drag Me to Hell. Drag Me to Hell is a 2009 supernatural horror film co-written and directed by Sam Raimi. It follows Christine Brown, a loan officer who, after denying a woman the extension she needs to keep her home, sees her once-promising life take a startling turn for the worse. Christine is convinced she's been cursed, and her only hope seems to lie in a psychic who claims he can help her lift the curse and keep her soul from being dragged straight to hell. So we're going to hell this week, and dragging us there is none other than the original brave boy, Joel Dusha. Welcome, (laughs) Joel. Hello. Thank you. Uh, It is worth noting that to get me back here... (laughs) Uh, it wasn't an invitation <laughs> extended due to me picking this film. It was because finally a listener suggested a movie that three scaredy boys knew that I liked so they could get me back on a technicality. <laughs> yeah, baby. Pretty much. There's no way, there is no way you're ever coming on this podcast with carte blanche on what we're going to watch. Oh, show. no way. <laughs> no, zero chance. Also, you are the king of hell. Yeah. Um, I feel like that surely after you've done a hundred episodes of scaredy boys, there's nothing I could throw at you that could, uh, you know, disrupt you. That I, we've been very kind on ourselves. We have not. We have not <laughs> gone into the deep end of the pool. The three of us have been swimming in the shallow end in our own piss for the last year. We've, we've occasionally dipped our toe in. Uh, yeah, dipping your yeah. toe in scary. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. There could be sharks there. Oh, I love sharks. Yeah. Settle down, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's instantly erect. Oh, can we just talk about drag me to sharks instead of drag me to hell? <laughs> Shark boy strikes again. Be so much better if, if the curse was sharks, <laughs> Tom. If you want that, tell you what, fucking hold on to your fucking erection, mate, because I got a film for you. Yeah, Jaws. Ah, oh, I thought you were going to tell me Ghost Shark about the shark that can go on land and in houses. Yep. I've seen a trailer or a clip from Ghost Shark, and it basically involves someone getting killed on the toilet, which is. Always the good horror content. Does that mean when you go to the toilet, part of you is secretly hoping you'll see a shark? Anytime I'm near a body of water, part of me is secretly hoping for a shark. (laughs) I spit on the ground and I'm like, ooh, what's in there? Ooh, spit sharks? Mm. Yeah, fair enough. The uh, toilet-related death uh, in Ghost Shark has just reminded me of the worst horror recommendation I've ever received, which is Mm. from my good friend Jackson Bailey, who once told me to watch Ghoulies (laughs) because someone gets their balls blown off in a toilet by a ghoulie that lives in the toilet yeah and uh sadly what, what is a ghoulie it's imagine just like gremlins okay. right the right. movie's called ghoulies though and um ghoulies is also slang for balls right. so i assumed yeah. there was gonna be some balls related incident especially because jackson had told me that but um <laughs> yeah. he lied someone did get killed by a toilet though right. so i guess i wasn't what movie was he thinking of <laughs> i think he had just misremembered it fair enough uh so Dusha, obviously you said you like this movie what is your history with this movie when did you first watch it i saw it in the cinema Ooh. yeah so drag me to hell Came out in 2009, which was prime time for me to want to give Sam Raimi a big old kiss. <laughs> um, I'd recently, at that point, discovered the Evil Dead films. Mm. And yeah, with this coming out, I was yeah really, really hyped for it. In fact, I think I missed its regular theatrical uh, screening mm. briefly, but I saw it at the Astor Theatre in Melbourne, but like within like six months of it actually coming out. Yeah, yeah, okay. So it was still like pre- 
uh, home release. Mm-hmm. Was that a double feature at the Asta? I think it may have been, but I can't remember what it was with. Oh, it might have been with Cabin. No, that doesn't make sense. I've definitely seen it with- as a double feature with Cabin in the Woods. Mm. Uh, and this is a far superior film to that. It really is. Which may be a bold claim because I know, look, I don't want to get too ahead of myself <laughs> as the guest of this podcast, but I've I've been reading Letterboxd. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Well, before we before we get into that, I want to ask you about the Sam Raimi of it all. So, like, mm-hmm. I I haven't watched. Well, I, ha- I have watched some Sam Raimi, but obviously not his not as much of his horror stuff as his like mm-hmm. Spider Man stuff. I guess. Yeah. Like, what is it to you that makes a Sam Raimi film a Sam Raimi? Like, what is it that draws you to a Sam Raimi film, particularly horror? Well, his horror movies are always they usually um, strike like a perfect balance of like they're kind of goofy, mm. but have moments of legitimate like scariness. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Evil Dead 2 is the perfect example of this. Like, mm-hmm. the first time I watched that, even though it is mostly a quite a funny film, I was shitting myself. <laughs> because when yeah. I saw it... I don't know if I told you this last time I appeared on this podcast, mm. but through high school, I was a scaredy boy myself. Yeah. Right. Big coward. Yes. Actually, yeah, you did. Um, and Sam Raimi was actually one of, the, uh, one of the directors that made me realize that horror is actually unreal awesome yeah he was your mike flanagan that's who it is for the three of us yeah 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 because yeah. <laughs> one of my scariest moments for me was when i was 15 i can't remember which saw movie it was mm. but my friends had decided that we were going to go see saw in the cinema mm-hmm. and i got so nervous that i ditched as the movie started and snuck into a different cinema that was playing good luck chuck <laughs> I remember this. yeah yeah that's right we've heard that one so i watched I watched the entirety of Good Luck Chuck by myself when my friends were watching Saw. Can I suggest that I would love to know the box office gross for Good Luck Chuck and how many of those people watching Good Luck Chuck were doing it because they were sneaking out of Saw? <laughs> I feel like 80% because there's no way that many yeah. people are watching a fucking Dane Cook movie. I got the Saw bump. <laughs> I love to think that's a pivotal point in your life, and if you had stayed in the cinema, you'd be a completely different person. Yeah, well, it didn't take long after I, like, started getting into horror to go back and watch the Saw films, and, like, Mm. I ended up seeing the last couple in the cinema by my own volition and having a good time, so... Nice. Did you have a good time in Good Luck Chuck? Uh, I don't remember. I remember I had a huge crush on uh, Jessica Albert. That's a yes. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it was the best moment of my life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Plot was irrelevant to that yeah. film. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, yeah. Like, I think this Raimi's Ra- thing, like watching this one, I was like, geez, he's cooked. Like, I can't, like, I asked you that because I couldn't really pick him. Like, obviously you watch the Spider-Man films, especially three, and mm-hmm. you're like, how is this guy, like... He just takes such big swings on the on the wackiness yeah, and the kookiness. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, yet he's literally at the top of the Hollywood totem pole and good on him because he does make good films. But then also, yeah, just the fact that he's got the courage to take these huge swings and go, yeah. well, that's what I want to see in cinema. So that's what I'm going to put out there. Well, like him uh, and his brother, Ivan and Bruce Campbell mm. all really loved like Three Stooges stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. That's like a huge, huge influence on them. Yeah. So even, and it's like, it's very, very bold. Because it's rare for directors to be influenced so heavily by one genre mm. or like one this very specific thing that like Hollywood has totally moved past by now, yeah. but still be very insistent on being like, no, this is fun for us, so we're just going to put it in our yeah. movie. Yeah, like that's it. Like I don't, th- I can't really think of many other directors at that level. Like you definitely see it on a lower level where people are just like throw whatever the fuck they want out there, and that's, yeah. that's cool. But yeah, at that level to take such big swings and have like Peter Parker, emo Peter Parker dancing down the street, yeah. like that's madness. You know? Well, that was always a thing for me, like with Spider-Man 3. And like, I like Spider-Man 3, mm. which I'm boldly saying, even though I haven't rewatched it, I reckon in probably close to 10 I years. I reckon I know what you're doing tonight, JD. <laughs> uh, see, I've had this thought so many times of like, oh... I should rewatch Spider-Man 3, but then I'm like, oh, I should probably rewatch 1 and 2 first. And then that's too many movies. Yeah. So my brain's just like, that. Ah, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> but like Spider-Man 3 for me, like, especially on revisiting it post Sam Raimi, like post my discovery of Sam Raimi, mm. I'm like, oh, it's just him doing what he wanted to do. And it kind of, um, kind of plays like a fuck you to Sony as well, because yeah. they forced him to do a lot of changes to Spider-Man 3 because they wanted Venom in it. They want all, all of these things. So he's like, all right, cool. Well, we'll compromise by me going full-blown Sam Raimi yeah. in the <laughs> where I can. Yeah, that's awesome. Was Because it was Raimi's fourth one, and I could be wrong here, is he wanted Venom introduced, like a sting of Venom at the end of three to be a villain in four with Mysterio, who was going to be played by Bruce Campbell. Is that right? Uh, I don't think the Venom... I don't think he wanted to touch Venom at all. The villains for Spider-Man 4 were meant to be the Vulture. Mm-hmm. 
and a new villain called the Voltress because Peter Parker was going to kill the Vulture in a fight at the start. And oh. Voltress was played by um, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. And John Malkovich was cast as the Vulture. Oh. But the opening of the film was uh, Spider-Man rolling into a police station arresting Mysterio, who was Bruce Campbell. So oh. they were just going to use Mysterio <laughs> to be like, yeah, the whole time in the movies, he was always Mysterio. <laughs> and he's an idiot and a buffoon. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that is good. Nice. I love that heaps. <laughs> There's like storyboard art for the Mysterio arrest in particular. That's and yeah, cool. he comes in in like the full like comic book accurate Mysterio costume. And then the fishbowl falls off his head as he like kind of gets bumped. <laughs> into the like the police desk yeah he, he's pretty much a scooby-doo villain that rocks. <laughs> that rocks. yeah that's great man i the thing that i like about raimi because unlike these boys i've also watched the og evil deads mm. it's interesting you're talking about three stooges is that another director that i really like is blake edwards who did all the pink panther films um mm-hmm. and a bunch of other stuff uh, victor victoria and his whole thing is that he loves slapstick and he loved doing like one joke and then doing it again, but bigger, and then doing it again, but bigger, and then doing it again, but bigger. Yeah, right. Sam Raimi's exactly the same, but he loves slapstick, and he's like, horror and comedy are best friends for this, so mm. I'm just going to put my characters in the most fucked situations and then just increase it each time. Yeah. yeah. And it's not gore for gore's sake. It's like, instead of slipping on a banana peel, you're going to step through a nail, yeah. or you're going to eat vomit, yeah. or you're going to get flies in your face, and then the next time it's going to be a scorpion, and then the next time it's going to be a sword. Yeah. Like... He just loves having fun. Yes. And I think that's the easiest way to get into horror is if you're watching horror that is having fun, you can have fun too. Yeah. 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 And I yeah. think like this is probably a good example of it. And I think that even though Raimi didn't direct the Evil Dead remake, I think it does it quite well as well, which is if something's silly, but you like amplify the silliness to a point where it kind of goes full circle to being gross, mm, it puts mm. the audience in like a feeling bad, but like it's just like a horror uncomfort yeah but yeah it's like oh no this is still kind of fun but it's gone too far where i'm like oh <laughs> this has multiple scenes where that is absolutely the case yeah yeah i love mm. that i think that's so good because yeah there are things where you're like oh that's so wacky and silly yeah but it's still unsettling and troubling like it like you said at this when you first catch a glimpse of it you're like oh that's a bit silly and then yeah. it pushes further and you're like Fuck, yeah i don't know what to feel now yeah and like Raimi is also someone that is pretty good at directing like dramatic moments even in quite silly things so mm. spider-man 3 again is a good example of this which is sandman is done so well and with so much pathos yeah, yeah. like just the fact that like sandman was created like trying to pick up his locket of his daughter mm. just like so Raimi is happy to just put stuff like that in and be like yeah this is gonna hit hard but then also you know spider-man walking down the street click right or even fucking yeah. giamatti as rhino like what the yeah. fuck is going on there? <laughs> <laughs> hey joel when you saw this when it came out in 2009 mm-hmm. did it scare you at all uh i remember being like very similar to when i watched evil dead 2 because i wasn't fully across horror there was parts where i was like i just truly do not know what this movie is capable of so i'm very yeah. nervous yeah, yeah yeah um and like stuff like there's a scene pretty early in this film well the scene that kicks everything off that has been burnt into my brain since the first time i saw it which is the mm. car park fight <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is silly, but so disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, it's literally like you were saying before that uncomfortable thing. Like there's that whole bit where she's just like mouthing yeah, her on yeah, the chin, yeah. gumming away at the chin. Yeah, you laugh at that, <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> "Fuck!" Now that she's got teeth, is she gonna eat her? Like, right. it's just it's kind of great. And then, like Raimi loves to have people like eyeballs are always like people are always slipping on eyeballs or swallowing eyeballs <laughs> or eyeballs are getting popped out. That yeah. happens in Army of Darkness and this, like. <laughs> right. It's fucking yuck. The the teeth are what kill me. Like any close up of her teeth mm. and I'm just like, "Oh, Raimi, come on, man. Fuck." Yeah. <laughs> but I I love that car scene because it just it goes on forever. <laughs> and it's yeah. like mm. anytime she fights her back, there's always just like this pause where she's looking at her and then she's like rah, 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 and comes at her again. And it's just like, you get like, I wasn't scared by it at all because you get so overwhelmed by how goofy it is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's pretty much why I love Sam Raimi films. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like, well, like the, the gumming away at the face thing, I think that's a really good example because that's like, I even made a note of it. I'm like, yeah, it's goofy, but it, 
by the time it's done, you're like, no, this is actually super gross and I hate it. Like, if someone was doing that yeah. to me, I'd be terrified. Like, I wouldn't know what to yeah. do. Yeah, it's because she's so close. I think it's like, yeah. you are close enough to, like, gum someone. What are you... Like, she's she's clearly... We don't know anything about her. Mm. She's clearly dangerous. She's clearly nuts. She's going to try to kill this woman. And the fact that she's able to get that close and they're in the confines of the car. Yeah. Even when she's standing there and she locks her out of the car and does that, I beat you, bitch. And then she just drops. Yeah. And you're like... Where the fuck is she? <laughs> yeah. She like you're laughing and you're like, oh, it's goofy, and ridiculous. But then when you can't see her for a minute, mm. you're like, oh no, something bad's gonna happen. Yeah. She's gonna do something yeah. awful here. Well, that's another thing. Like I don't like jump scares are not something I look for in a horror movie. But I like that this movie is goofy, but also has moments of jump scares where you absolutely shit your pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like even <laughs> though those jump scares can come from like for this scene, like the um the hanky or whatever it is, yeah, it smacks the windscreen, and you're like. It's a fucking hanky, and I just yeah. jumped out of my seat. Like that's mm. insane. Yeah, it's fun. That's another thing I thought for because this is um, PG rating, and it kind of it, I kind of was thinking, okay, where where are the scares coming from from a PG rated horror? Yeah, and it does seem like jump scares and gross. Yeah, those seem to be like the key factors in PG horror. Yeah, which is um because this predates. Oh no, actually no. This this comes out just after like Paranormal Activity, basically. Like I think the first right. Paranormal Activity is like two thousand and seven or something. Okay. Um, and that was at the time like really innovative for the fact that people were like, fucking pissing and shitting their pants in the cinema. <laughs> yeah. But like the movie doesn't really show you anything. Like there's very brief moments of horror. Mm. Uh, Drag Me to Hell in Australia does have the MA rating, which is usually reserved for like the more intense horror movies. But yeah, like you said, Demo overseas and in America, it's got the PG thirteen rating. That's so yeah, do you know why yikes. I got the MA in? Because of the blood? Um, I'm not entirely sure. To be honest, Australian ratings are a little more intense with violence. So mm. it could have just been they were just like, eh, it's violent enough. This probably isn't suitable for children. <laughs> Which yeah, fair. Um, I think probably given some of the shit we see. Mm. Yeah, and like, but then America is super weird because they're like, if you see a single boob or someone says fuck twice they're like you better be fucking 17 before you see this <laughs> punk where in australia we're like that's the news <laughs> well isn't that the thing australian tv you can say fuck after nine as many times as you like i think you can say fuck before like i've seen fuck on tv because i've lost touch with free to air tv yeah mm. i'm bold enough to say that good choice yeah. I'm, I'm brave <laughs> i've evolved but yeah like i was watching something oh that's right rocket man was on television uh, in australia uncensored starting at Eight o'clock. Oh, okay. And that has a, the the big one towards the end. Uh, <laughs> it's true. By that point, though, is it? It's late enough, isn't it? The kids are asleep. Yeah, that would be like nine thirty. Although, like, <laughs> so you turn the volume up and you wake them up. <laughs> I feel, I feel like it's chilled out a bit though over time because I remember there was yeah. that time when Rove won his Logie and he said fuck and there was this whole big uproar. But now it's like you're watching a panel show at eight o'clock and it's like mm. they say fuck and they say shit. And- well, I think also, I mean, this is totally unrelated. But, like, with Netflix and stuff like that, ratings have become... Like, if you're not supervising your children, they're going to hear fuck heaps. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just from the neighbours. Yeah. yeah. Or from podcasts like this. <laughs> Especially with the next... Yeah. yeah. Especially with the next door to Sean and he's having a bad day. <laughs> if I'm having a good day. Yeah. <laughs> Just any day with Sean <laughs> Get out of bed. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck me. That was a great sleep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Like, going back to Drag Me to Hell, I just think that it's, like, very, very creative in what it does. And, I mean, it's worth noting, especially in this podcast, because, like I uh, said earlier, I've seen Letterboxd reviews. Yeah. Uh, audiences at the time hated it. Interesting. Critics loved it. Oh. Drag Me to Hell is one of those movies, and it's probably evened out quite a lot now, mm, mm. but at the time, it was like one of those movies that appeared on the when critics got it wrong list. Oh, the right. giant yeah. gap between critic approval and audience approval yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. And do you think that comes from like critics being like, oh, good, someone's trying something different? Like they're, they're giving yes. something new? Yeah. And, and yeah. the fact that it's like well shot, well, like well made it isn't just a carbon copy of everything yeah sure uh, yeah people are trying something else but then audiences are just like anytime something is goofy audiences for some reason just seem to be like no thank you <laughs> that's silly and if it's silly it must be bad right. <laughs> here's the thing i remember seeing trailers for this film mm. and being terrified of it but then watching it it is not wasn't as scary yeah as it was in, in those trailers so i think again Marketing, right? It's, it's the Hail Caesar paradox all over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you are marketed a horror film on the back of paranormal activity that's terrifying, and Sam Raimi's come back to horror. Mm. But I guess people are like, oh, cool, it's going to be spooky. It's like, no, no, remember Evil Dead? There was spooky stuff in Evil Dead, but also a guy said groovy and put a chainsaw yeah. on his arm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, let's let's talk about the letterbox. Sean, do you want to take us away on your uh, your opinion of this one? Yeah, I gave it two and a half. Yeah. Um, I didn't I didn't hate it, mm. but I think part of having Joel Dusher attached to this film for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though he didn't necessarily pick it, we kind of thrust it upon him because he loved it. <laughs> you said, "Hey." <laughs> Joel Dusha, do you want to come back on Scaredy Boys? And I was like, yeah, of course. And the moment you asked, my brain like ticked to be like, oh, I wonder what movie. And they're like, we're doing Drag Me to Hell. And I was like, okay. <laughs> because of that, I think I approached it. And also, like Tom mentioned, I saw the trailer. I didn't rewatch the trailer, but I recall watching it back when this came out. And I was like, mm. that is one to avoid, Sean. Right. Yeah. Do not go near that movie. Yeah. That looks scary. Yeah. I think in the trailer, do you see, is there a bit of the car scene or something? I just remember seeing the woman and her face in the car. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. no, nah, I'm never going to watch this film. And then this podcast came along. But yeah, so I approached <laughs> it like that. I thought it was going to be like quite scary. Mm. And then within the first scene... The flashback scene, which was in like the sixties or the seventies or yeah. whatever, I was kind of like, "Oh, okay, it's a it's a Sam Raimi style where it's like it's going to be a little bit sort of goofy and mm, silly yeah. and out there." And I, from that point on, I actually wasn't scared by the film. Yeah, yeah. even though it has like jump scares and stuff, it it didn't really make me jump or anything like that because I think I just got into that Sam Raimi sort of yeah, frame of mind. You knew you I appreciated the camera angles and the styles, but I knew that scares-wise, I think I was safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, another thing that I forgot, and I, like, Scaredy Boys... Look, I don't, can't remember if you guys do full full spoilers or not, so I'll be vague, but I know that the type of ending that Drag Me to Hell has, again, is a surefire way to make your audiences hate the movie. Like, yeah, right. if you look at if you look at Rotten Tomatoes like audience scores, any movie that ends in a way similar to Drag Me to Hell always like because critics are like, yeah, cool, like that's fine, that's the end of the story. But mm. audiences like, what the hell? I spent a yeah. hundred minutes with this girl, and then this happens. I've been ripped <laughs> off. Fuck yeah, you, yeah. Sam Raimi, and fuck yeah. you, Hollywood. Yeah, that's a good point, Joel. And normally it would annoy me, but we'll get to this more when we do the did the characters act wisely. Yeah. Mm. But I don't actually like Christine. Yeah, so that's it, fair didn't, enough. it didn't bother me. I was kind of like, you're going where you deserve to go. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well done, movie. <laughs> yeah. Probably could have gone three stars for the ending. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're on all on uh, Sylvie Ganusha's side. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big fan of Ganusha. <laughs> but it's interesting because it's, it's an ending that. I have hated in other films, like you said, Sean. I mean, we, we did um, Dawn of the Dead, which does the same thing. But I feel like Dawn of the Dead is worse because it's a credit sting. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you have the way Army of the Dead ends as well, where it's like, oh, look, it's all bleak. The, the thing about this is it's like, well, of course it was going to end like mm-hmm. this. Like, how, how did you expect it to end? They even, the start of the film shows you how this movie is going, the only way that this movie can end. Right. And even when she's doing that, going through the whole effort with the envelope and stuff, it's like, no, no, that's not the envelope because we saw her drop it in the car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they haven't addressed that. So you know that she's not going to be fine. Yeah, mm. yeah look, I, I, I agree. I actually quite liked the ending in this film. I think it's really good. Like, I think with the reason audiences ha- hate this sort of thing is basically like, most movies are a positive change arc. A character yeah. goes from a point of like needing to learn a lesson. They learn the lesson and get rewarded for it. And that's like the majority of mainstream films mm-hmm. where non-mainstream films like negative change arc. They actually start at a place of not too bad and then things actually yeah. get worse for them. And that's that's what audiences are really like against because like, no, 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 no. I came here to know that someone learned a lesson and we're rewarded for it. Yeah. So like for me personally, I actually quite liked this ending, but I think the characters themselves, like her and fucking Justin Long, <laughs> I kind of remember his what was his character? Clay. 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 The perfect name for such a wishy-washy nothing character, honestly. <laughs> like I just like Carney, I felt nothing for them. I actually yeah. thought they were super weak characters. There was zero depth there. And so that's like I agree. I didn't really like Christine because not a, like wasn't all, like she's almost a flat art character where actually she doesn't really learn anything. Yeah, Things just yeah. happen to her, <laughs> and there's like even then a, fl- a normally a flat art character is affecting the world around them, either positively or negatively. She's not doing anything. She's like like bad things are happening to her. She's not really learning anything. Nothing is happening around her because of her. Like it just felt like she was just so such a nothing character. This is for me personally. This is what I would have loved to have seen in this movie. But basically, if we got like a Scrooge Christmas Carol story where she was actually just like a fucking big piece of shit. Yeah. She was like a huge, you know, she basically like She is. Well she well <laughs> she is, but not not in an overt way where she's like, hey, fuck you, you're not getting alone. Yeah. yeah. Like I kind of wanted to to amp that because this is such a heightened film anyway. So why not heighten up the 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 apparent flaw of her character and make her like, yeah, just like this smarmy Scroogey type character. 
And then instead of having like the three ghosts of Christmas past, she just has all this demon shit happening to her. And then have her learn her lesson. Like, I'd love for her to go on the Scrooge arc of learning her lesson, becoming good, and then getting dragged to hell. Like, I think that would have been so satisfying to... Re- like, if we're going to subvert this, let's do it all the way. Let's give you a story. Let's give you a parable we already know. Mm. And then, yep, they learn their lesson. And then they still get punished yeah. in that regardless. Like, that would have been more satisfying to me. I'm with you a thousand percent, Damo. This... I think the screenplay is quite weak Mm. and its characters are extremely weak. And I think that what makes this movie excel is having Sam Raimi. Yes. Sam Raimi wasn't attached to this. And a a director who was kind of visually flat and all those sort of things came into this. It would be a really shit film. Mm. Yeah. I think the fact that Sam Raimi is the director makes it quite exciting mm, yeah. because yeah. just because of the visual gimmicks and the you know the the tilts and all the sort of weird and wacky totally, shit that totally. he does the Sam Raimi signature basically without that this this is a pretty poor film i mm. reckon that that whole Sam Raimi angle thing is like perfectly encapsulated in that the night she spends in the house before she decides to kill the cat where right. yeah. the the things coming in through the windows and she runs upstairs and rather than show her like run upstairs the camera sits on top of her mm-hmm. it's such a weird choice <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. so unsettling <laughs> yeah. because we I feel like we're the we're the we're la- we're the Lamia we're coming to get her mm-hmm. and it's the same thing he's mm-hmm. done in Evil Dead where you take that you're the you're the deadite the, right, the, get the thing point coming of view down the woods of the villain yeah yeah, yep. I, I really dig it. And it does it a few times where you just in the angle you're in, it's like, oh, where the thing coming to find her? Like when they're doing the seance and the camera's moving around all of them. Mm. It's just cool stuff like that. But I think you're right. I think the problem is, is that Christine kind of isn't a good, like, but again, that's the point, maybe. She's not a good person. So, yeah, she goes to hell. But she's, like, but she's not a bad person either. She's like sort of just, eh, she's somewhere in the middle and that's like. She just makes a shit choice and doesn't own it. Yeah. Here's my wild speculation. Mm. Um, I think that both Christine and uh, Clay are, like, meant to be kind of just, like... They're doing kind of, like, the protagonist thing. Like, Harry Potter does it. Mm. Fucking Balor in Twilight has it as well. Where they're kind of nothing characters. Where they don't really have any traits. So, when you're watching the movie, you're like, Oh, that just seems like a pleasant enough person. Right. And then to watch Christine go through all of this because of a decision she made. Yeah. People are like, Oh... That could happen to me. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I can see that. It's a great point. Yeah. Now that's yeah. fair. Like, I think, uh, like, Alison Lohman in this, because, like, a lot of the effects that Sam Raimi loves to do in all of his movies are practical, meaning that she would have gone through absolute, uh, like, absolute hell oh, making yeah. this movie. She did yeah. apparently most of her own stunts, I was reading. Cool. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. And then it has, like, a five-year gap between films. Yeah. <laughs> so did this movie nearly kill her? Like... <laughs> she basically retired from, like, leading roles yeah, okay. after this film. Really? There were certain factors, like, she did get married, I think, and started a family and stuff like right. that, but she actively chose... Because this film did quite... Like, it did okay at the box mm. office. Yeah. Because it's a Sam Raimi horror film. It's quite... It's low budget for what it is and it made a decent chunk of mm. money and she i think tom was this roughly around the time of matchstick men it was probably a, a few years, years after, after yeah. that like she she'd had a few roles so she was like sort of on the she's cusp in, of sort of breaking right. out and then actively chose Did not big to. fish yeah she's well. in big fish yeah. beowulf with angelina jolie yeah. yeah yeah all right i think i read somewhere just justin long talked about how this was a pleasant movie for him to make because <laughs> yeah. he didn't have to do much <laughs> but he felt so bad for her because he would like go home at the end of the day yeah. and she would just be there all day just getting tortured <laughs> right. basically like her, her performance i actually like again i didn't love the character but i liked yeah. her yeah. i thought she was you was clear she was committing yeah uh like quite a bit yeah. <laughs> considering what's done to her yeah. so she was quite good Justin Long, I'm like, oh, one, I kind of forgot about Justin Long. Yeah, now, look, his thing about Justin Long is he is way more jacked than he should be. Like, there is a scene where he's got his shirt off, and I'm like, get fucked, Justin Long. You're supposed to look like me when you're not wearing a shirt. What the fuck? He should look like his face. Isn't he a bit of, he's supposed to be a bit of a tech nerd, because isn't he yeah. like the Apple Mac yeah, yeah, yeah. guy or something? Yeah. Is he still doing that? I remember he was doing that when I was younger. He's actually no, done he's... a PC ad now. He's jumped ship. Oh, what a dog. Where's your loyalty? <laughs> he actually came out and spoke about the uh, PC versus Mac. Uh, commercials, and he kind of regrets it because he thinks he laid on the smugness too thick. <laughs> Which is fair. Yeah, yeah. He fucking no. Did. It's true because I picture that as just being him. Right. Yeah, that he's just a smug fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say that his like nothingy role again, like it's not. It's, it's I will not be bold enough to say that it absolutely works in the end. Mm. But him just being like a regular guy that seems like he's just wandered onto set and was like, oh hey guys, yeah, this is my <laughs> girlfriend. Oh, what's going on? Means that the last scene. Because, like, he has all the emotional weight. Right. And by him being, like... Because he's been totally oblivious to all of the horrible stuff happening. Yeah. When he yeah. witnesses it, he's like, what? No! Yeah. This, 
Oh. That, that last shot of him just holding the button too is really good. It's like, oh no, oh no, don't hold that. <laughs> it's good, but she falls on the tracks and he just kind of like doesn't react like a human should. Yeah. Like, wouldn't your first instinct be better jump down and try right. and save her? He kind of just like, oh, and just stands there for, for too long. He says, hey, a lot. He's like, hey, yeah. Hey, hey, no, no, hey. Yeah. Although that's a, like, I don't, I, I know that, you know, in times of stress, we sometimes don't respond in appropriate ways. Like, it's one of those things, like, anytime anyone gives you, like, the bad news that someone you know has, like, passed away. Mm-hmm. And for me, my first instinct is always to be like, oh, you're joking. No, they wouldn't be joking. Why the fuck did they joke about that, you dickhead? <laughs> yeah. So Justin Long being like, Hey, hey, he's telling the train to stop. Not that it matters, because the train is... Yeah, the train's the least of his problems, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to start calling you Tom Force Majeure Reed. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue nile.com you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right. Uh, were we scared watching this movie? The first time? Yes. I was mm. like sweating in the cinema, I reckon. Because again, yeah. I didn't know what the world had in for like had in store for me i didn't my horror knowledge at this point wasn't huge yeah like that's interesting for someone who who's watched a lot of raimi if you come into this later you're like oh okay it's the same sam raimi film yeah but for someone who hasn't then yeah like all the wackiness and and the grossness is gonna put you more on edge because you're like i don't know what the fuck's going on when the fucking goats we haven't even spoken about the goat (laughs) no we haven't (laughs) fuck that goat it was (laughs) scary Shut up, goat. <laughs> I've got a question for you, Dusha. So my wife, Holly, she watched this with me. And so she watched this when she was like a teenager mm-hmm. at the cinema. And she could have swore that goat danced at some point. Like she would have sworn black and blue. And we tried to look it up. And the only thing we found was a Reddit thread where someone else had the same experience where they said, hold on a second. The goat dances. Why is the goat not dancing? Wow. Do you know anything about this? You, I feel like you've planted a false memory in my brain now, too. Because now- <laughs> Is that a Mandela effect? Are we Mandela affecting yeah, Joel? Yeah, because, like, does she have memories of, like, the goat getting on the table and, like, dancing or something while everything's going- Yeah, exactly right. I can and then also, like- which, like, we could go, oh, that's her misremembering or it's a different movie, except for the fact that we found this other person on the internet after she'd remembered it, who basically was saying the exact same thing. Has she seen Evil Dead 2? I don't think so, no. I don't think she's seen any of the mm. Evil Deads other than the newest one because she had to watch it with me. Because there's, yeah. <laughs> feel so bad for your wife, Damo, because she didn't sign up for this podcast. <laughs> hey, you did. She did when she married me, mate. <laughs> that's on her. Do you take Damo to be your lawfully wedded husband and also have to watch occasional movies for the podcast Scaredy Boys new episodes every Friday? I do. <laughs> I fucking do. That's it. Do you remember hearing those vows, Tom? I think uh, I do. I, I, I think I do too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, especially the new episodes every Friday part. That sticks out. Yeah. <laughs> that was big. That was big at the wedding. Everyone was like, what's Scaredy Boys? And we were like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> the crazy thing was when we started this podcast and I made you boys do those same vows to me. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to kiss Damo. That was the best. <laughs> it was a good day. Yeah. 
I feel like that there is definitely a movie that came out around the same time that has a goat that dances, and it just feels like Drag Me to Hell has it because there is a goat scene in it. And also, yeah. Evil Dead 2 has a similar-ish vibe scene. Okay. Where, like, um, if you haven't seen it, there's a scene where Ash walks into a room, and there's a deer, like a deer head mounted on the wall, yeah. and it, like, turns and looks at him and just starts laughing. Right. And then everything in the room turns and looks at him and starts laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and then he starts laughing. But then it's unsettling mm. because he's losing his mind. And then a door slams and then he shoots the door and then you're scared because that's a jump scare. Yeah. <laughs> I love Evil Dead 2. <laughs> um, is, it, is, it, is it what's happened though is you get that horrific look of the goat's face when it's mm. possessed and it calls her a bitch and a whore. Yeah. What, mm-hmm. I, what I love about that goat is it says, does it say bad? And it bars. Yeah. Like it bars <laughs> like a, oh, it's so good. Um, then you get the Milos, the other assistant, who mm. dances above the table. So have we kind of <laughs> combined the two into one yeah, thing? Yeah, right. Possibly, possibly. But, like, uh, obviously it's it's her memory, not mine. But she would have swore the goat dance. And then, like I said, the, the, the weirdest part is that we found someone else who had the same memory. But it could be the same thing happening twice. I don't know. I think... If, yeah. if any listeners out there have any answers, please do email us in because I I would love to get to the root of this. I don't I don't I don't think we need to email. I think we need to get on Twitter and we need to start a hashtag. Sam Raimi, release the goat cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dancing goat cut. <laughs> All right. Well, back to the scares thing. Look, I think yes, the jump scares worked for me. Like I said, like even that hanky coming at the window, the windshield in that um, parking lot scene. Yeah, that worked. Like I jumped. I'm like. That's fucking good filmmaking that I'm jumping at a hanky hitting a windscreen because that's no- yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, so the jump scares worked and the grossness worked. Like the the amount, like mm-hmm. the the one scene in particular where like, I mean, I guess it's it's hard to distinguish where fear and disgust crossover. Like obviously they're, yeah. they're so close, they're linked in a sense. But the scene where she goes to a woman's house, oh. the daughter lets her in, she comes in, which I loved that scene. I loved going in and like, it felt like like Alice going down the rabbit hole because all of a sudden we're in this world where all the family's there and they're playing music and it's like, I don't know what this is, but I love it. And then, the, then it just turns to a nightmare situation where the body falls on her and all that like I don't even know what you call it. Like bile. Bile and horrible shit goes into her mouth. It goes for ages too. It goes for so like, mm-hmm. that's what you felt for what's her name, Alison? Because she would have just had to like like that's in her mouth. Like there's no way around that. Yeah. Oh fuck. But yeah, that that got me. Like that I'm like, I'm just so disgusted now that it is a like I'm so empathizing with her the actor and the character in that moment. Yeah. That of course it feels so gross and disgusting that I think it like it does cross over to a kind of fear, I would say. Yeah. You know what gets you too is how many times in the movie she gets her hair ripped out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a good point. Like, that's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> fucked. It's fucked. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Like, yeah. even when she go vis- goes to visit the corpse, it happens again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's but- like every time she gets her hair ripped out and she gets, like, spewed in her face. But again, this is the comedy element, like, the rule of three. Like, that's what it feels like. Sam Raimi's yeah. like, well, we got to do it again. We've got to yeah. get that joke scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's literally, it's the Blake Edwards thing. His whole thing was called topping the topper. So it's like the first time her hair's ripped out, the woman grabs her hair and pulls it out. Cool. Yeah. Second time, she's a corpse and vomited on her. Terrifying. Third time, she's a corpse in a hole filling with water. Mm. Like it's yeah. just every single time, it's 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 dragging it up or dragging yeah. it down to hell. I guess <laughs> it's interesting though. Like the fear, the jump scares are there, and there's a bit of that grossness. But some of the fear I had is when she's in situations where you just know, like when she goes to the dinner, and you're like, "Well, something mm. bad's going to happen here." Like you're just waiting right. for the fuck up to happen, yes, or when they do the true. seance, yeah. you're yeah. waiting for the fuck up to happen. Mm. And even though the fuck up isn't like. It's it's yucky. There's not really a jump scare there, really, except for that ghost that appears briefly. Right. Yeah. It's more just like you know something bad is going to happen because mm. it, it can't. She can't just go to have this dinner. Like, of course, something fucking weird and awful is going to happen. It's even just the fly on her face. You know, something yeah, awful yeah, is yeah. going to happen with that fly. Yeah. But yeah, he does yuck so well. Like, obviously, the visuals, but like even the language, like even the goat throwing out whore and bitch and this sort of stuff. For some reason, that's unsettling as well. I think because, again, it is that comedy veering into into weird and creepy. Yeah. And it's still, like, kind of yuck in a way. Yeah. It's just like this... It's like a wrongness because it's like, you shouldn't be able to talk. <laughs> yeah. Why are you talking? Why are you swearing? <laughs> hey. Hey, oh hey goat, God. shut up. Yeah. How about you <laughs> shut up, goat? Leave also, me alone. Is Sam Raimi a bit of a coward? Because he has that scene where she's lactose intolerant and she's eating a lot of ice cream. How did she not shoot herself? Show us that. Sam. <laughs> I, I was Come on, convinced. Mate. I was convinced there was going to scene where she has to shit real bad yeah, and goes right. to like the toilet from hell. Yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like full train spotting meets Evil Dead kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Raimi, release the shit cut too. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't think Raimi... I'm trying to think. I can't remember any Raimi films having any shitting. Vomit, vomiting he does all the time. Right. But, He's afraid yeah, of yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's a shit coward. <laughs> Mate, the other thing I took, though, with that, because she eats ice cream twice and she eats a lot of it, is yeah. she says she's lactose intolerant, but then there's that whole thing where she was like pork queen. In my head, I took uh, it that she's yeah. lied about being lactose intolerant so yeah. she doesn't eat bad food right. anymore. And Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a hectic movie. Mm. It's a hectic it movie. Sweet. Yeah. A lot happens in 99 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go to did our characters act wisely or foolishly? No, she's a piece of shit. <laughs> she's a fucking idiot. Ha- like, she kills her cat oh, with very, yeah. very little hesitation. Yeah. Sean. Oh, can we just jump ahead to the end? You'll kill your cat with basically no remorse. Right. But you won't kill your shitty co-worker yes. at the end by handing yeah. him the button? 100%. Like, come on, mate. Yeah, kill that cunt. Idiot. All your boyfriend's yeah. parents, they're pieces of shit. Like, <laughs> oh, throw them oh, the yeah. button. Good call. Just, I mean, the it's idea, fucked. though, that she... Because she... The logical... I would have liked the idea if she'd really struggled to sacrifice an animal. Yeah. But the idea that if you're not going to sac... Like, let's just... Look, we're going to jump a bit ahead if I answer this question now. But, like, say I was in that scenario, boys, mm-hmm. um, which is a core conceit of this show... <laughs> I'd be like, no, I'm not going to kill my cat. And then I have a night where I'm harassed by a shadow goat monster. Yeah. I wouldn't immediately be like, better kill my cat. I'd be like, I need to buy a chicken or a duck or a rabbit right. and then kill it. Yeah. Like, yep. try something else without that. The, the fact that she goes, I'm a vegetarian. I don't do animal sacrifices to I'm going to kill this kitten. Mm. Yeah. I immediately was like, well... Can't wait for you to go to hell. Yeah, like yeah. the animal you care most yeah. about in the world, that's your choice. There are a lot of and, animals. Yeah. Go for a worm first. The way she fucking plays it off that that, that next day. It's when so like, weird. Where's your cat? She's like, yeah, the, I don't know where, thing, yeah. where he is. You don't know. They, they come and they go. What the fuck, <laughs> yeah. bitch? Yeah. yeah. She's fucked, mate. Yeah. She oh, is Psycho. Fucked. Can we... Can I just comment to the the lady who's in the flashback at the start and they go to her, I can't remember her name, but her whole thing is kind of like, I've waited all these years to, you know, have my chance Mm. again to do the right thing, to get this done. Also, it'll cost you $10,000. Right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to make a bit, of, a bit of change on the side, bud. Unbelievable. That's a big mansion, like, Sean. <laughs> if you're good at something, don't do it for free. Yeah, I guess. You? The electricity bill in that fucking, in that <laughs> cool room, that's bloody good. That's true. <laughs> the lighting in there, fucking hell. Um, yeah, Christine, I don't know. Like, even just like, she just makes bad choices. Mm. I-, I love at the end when she meets Justin Long at the train station and she confesses that, you know, it was her fault. I did the wrong right. thing. And he just is like, ah. Oh, You've got such a good heart. Right. No, she doesn't. Yeah. yeah. She is a bad person mm. throughout the film. Mm. She's owning up to a thing only after thinking I have actually won. Yeah. Right. Therefore, me owning up to it doesn't really matter because yeah. I've already won. Yeah. Like she, It's like you said before, Damo. She doesn't really have an arc where she learns anything. Mm. She's just a bad person. Yeah. Mm. Well, also remember that this takes place over the course of three days. Like, that's a lot yeah. in three days. Yeah. So that's a bad decision in screenwriting, perhaps. Nah, three days is good. Any no. longer is too long. Yeah, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with three days. Mm. It's just that she kind of... Yeah, I mean, I think she's just always going to make bad decisions because she's just a bad person. <laughs> like, it's one bad decision after the other. Sean, i got some great news. Justice was served. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, mate, that's why I said before, when, when Hal opened up at the end... Mm. I did not shed a tear. <laughs> <laughs> the, the look on her face as she's dragged into hell, though, is awful. Like that mm. last bit where her eyes are popping out of her head as she's oh, pulled great. out of rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not good. Um, so, so good. Yeah. yeah. Even like the, the effect of the rocks like opening up I, and their hands coming out, or like all that, I thought was great. I actually loved yeah. that. I'm like, those are some pretty good effects. Bolds to yeah. put the end scene of your movie on the poster, too. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also think that she, I don't know if this is specifically bad decisions, but it's like mm. someone mentioned before when she's fighting the old lady in the car and then she locks her out and she's like, I, I beat you, you bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things like that. She's just so arrogant. It's like, right, yeah. right. Would you, do you think you would actually do that if you were in a fight for your life in your car? Mm. Nah. And the only thing separating you from that person is a window. And you're like, haha, beat you, bitch. It's like, mm. no, no, what are you doing? <laughs> you're just asking for trouble. Do you think that's where we're seeing that she's not the good character she maybe she thinks she is? Oh, for sure. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think it's very clear, though. She just sucks. Yeah. Like, the more we talk about it, I'm like, maybe we're watching the movie of the antagonist. Like, maybe she's actually not even meant to, like, be the hero. Maybe this isn't a... a- ah. Ganush. Is it Ganush? Ganush is the hero. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I always found that car fight funny because, like, the stakes are relatively low. She's not... Like, it's a fight, but mm. you're not meant to get the... Like, it kind of gives you the indication that she could be killed in it, but, like, not really. Like, the only thing that's ever used is a ruler. <laughs> yeah. And some gums. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The, the ruler down the throat is <laughs> fucked. Yeah. Well, like, uh, to, to look at Ganush for a second, one thing that I was thinking, I'm like... 
if she's like quite powerful, literally we kind of see her magic her way into the car. She can obviously cast this this curse, all this sort of shit. Yeah. I'm like, why is alone such a big deal for her that she's like on her knees begging, kissing the hem of her dress, all this sort of stuff? Like, couldn't she just like use some of her magic to like, I don't know, get the fuck out? Like- nah, there's always a cost though. I think that's the thing is right. that if you do a deal, there's a cost. Yeah, okay. So I think- you know, she can do that, but it's it's curse, and you know she then dies. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, she doesn't do. I don't think she's that magical. Mm. No. In in that sense, like I don't think she magicked her way in the car. I think she broke into the car and was just waiting in the back seat for her. The only magic thing she does is put a curse on. Mm. So I don't think that's a solution for saving your house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She just like, seemed like yeah. powerful. It's it's, to me. it's funny because Chris Christine's thing is like. That is the kicking the stones over. Yeah. Denying her the loan from the bank, basically. But yeah, it's just such a... I don't know, I just hate it as a character choice. I'm just like, you are choosing to be a shit person so that you can get an assistant manager job (laughs) and I hate you. Yeah, yeah. And that's before you killed your cat, your dog. To continue to be... A shit person. Because you don't get an assistant manager role and then be like, oh, I can finally make morally good decisions. Yeah, (laughs) right? Yeah. She she will only benefit from dodgy bank. Like, the whole thing that the big thing is she's going to do this report where this company wants to expand but doesn't have the money and they're willing to give a business the money Mm. when they won't give it to a woman for her house. Yeah. And it's like, she is participating in this willingly. I... Also, in terms of characters not acting wisely, it's not not wisely, but there's no point where I feel like you get a scene where Justin Long could learn to believe her. Right. <laughs> like, there's this whole thing, like, he doesn't know, he, he thinks she's crazy, it's just the stress, it's just the stress, the spiritual advisor guy's a, a fraud, mm. and then he just drops 10k yeah. on mm, her. Mm. And it, it's, it's a nice gesture, because it's like, you know, her, she says at the end, you know, you always believed in me. And it's lovely, but I feel like there's just like a two-minute scene missing scene missing where he's like, no, I believe yeah. you. Like, I'm going to do this because he hasn't been presented with anything. She's just acted like a, like a nutbag at his parents' right. place yeah. and vomited a fly. Yeah, like it's, it's almost more <laughs> of a condescending $10,000 rather than, look, Ivan, like even if he had a bit where he's like, I haven't seen it, but I trust you, you're not a crazy... like. Like, of course, if you say it, I have to believe you because actually, yeah. no, like, we love each other and I think you're a good person or whatever. Yeah. Still loved it, though. Four stars. <laughs> don't, I don't hate the movie. No, though. no, no. Yeah. I respect the chaos of it. Yeah. yeah. It's a very chaotic yeah. movie. All right. How would the four of us do then? I'd go to hell immediately. <laughs> it wouldn't even take three days. Just on purpose. <laughs> Let me in. 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Who would, would you try to give the button back or would you just give it to someone you're like, well, you're a bit of a turd. I'm going to give you <laughs> No, I'd give it to someone, I reckon. I would too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Someone who cuts me yeah. off in traffic, I'd pull over and like, <laughs> just pull your window down, I'd flick it in there. Does it have to be like a like a, a ceremonial thing? Like, I give you this gift and they have to be like, uh, okay. And that's the confirmation of it? Yeah, I feel like, yeah. Well, no, because that's not how she, like, I mean, that's not how Christine gets it. It's like put upon her like a curse. Mm. But she can give it to somebody else, isn't it? Because the, 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 mm. the psychic guy's like, you got to give it to someone. Yeah. She's going to give it to, to old mate Stu, Stu Rubin. I think you actually have to say, like, I give you this and the person has to, like, you know, verbally or visually accept it because otherwise Justin Long would just be dragged into hell at the end as well because he's holding the button. Mm, That's true. I kind of wanted to see JL get dragged down to hell. Oh, yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like a post-credit sting after he's just watching her go to hell. Then <laughs> yeah. a second second hands come up and grab yeah. him. Yeah, like, like, what? <laughs> hey, hey, and then just drag straight the fuck down. All right, so let's say for this one, somehow we all need to be like involved. I don't know what the four of us to have done. Um, <sighs> he comes at us, takes a button or whatever. Like, I don't know what I would do next because, like, I kind of love one thing I did love in this movie. She goes to the house to try to at least confront her. Like, she's trying to yeah. be proactive. And she's dead. Like, that raises yeah. the stakes so well. Like, yeah. oh, you're yeah. fucked now. <laughs> so, like, I, I guess, like, is there a psychic that any of you are aware of? Is there, like, an occult person you can think of to go to to help get us out of this situation? There's lots of, like, palm readers and psychics ve- vaguely in the area I live in. So, I'd probably just be knocking on okay. heaps of doors. Yeah. I know that area because I used to live near that area. And there used to be one um, that you had to ring ahead to see if they were in. And I always thought that was suspicious as fuck. Because if I'm coming, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a great point, they, Tom. Tom. They answer the we're phone. Not going to them, then. They're like, hello, yes, we're in. And yes, we were expecting this call. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's how I'd answer the phone if I was a psychic. Yes, we were expecting your call. What can we do for you today? I knew 
knew that already. <laughs> be even better if like, hey, Tom, how you doing, bud? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. Thomas, we've been waiting for this call. Get in quick. Very, very quick. You are so cursed. <laughs> you got to ditch that button, Tom. Bring all your money. <laughs> well, yeah, I think, I think, that, I think the prevailing theory is if that, if that thing was going to work, we just do that. Right. And we would check what was in that envelope. Mm. Otherwise, we're douche and we're going hell immediately. Yeah. <laughs> just get it done. I feel like, like to get the ceremonial part of it, to get someone to keep the button, like if someone cut you off in traffic and you're like, excuse me, sir, I gift you this gift and it's a fucking button. They're going to throw it right back in your face. So I think you need to like wrap it in something else, like maybe sew it onto a oh. teddy bear and be like, hey, here's a teddy But then if they give it to their kid, oh, you're a piece of shit. Oh, you didn't know. <laughs> Complete ignorance. You just need like a can of beer and you you glue it to the bottom of the can. Oh, that's quite good. That is yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. They think they've got a beer, yeah. but they've really got a curse button. If they give it to their kid, that's bad. If they're giving beer to their kid. <laughs> but that's on them. <laughs> oh, you got to share a cold frosty one with your kid. Yeah. Although, I wonder if, if you put the button on a can of beer mm. and then you give them the beer. Like, I don't know if that would count. Like, does that... Because you're like, no, you've given them the beer. Like, it's not like... Because that's just like slipping the button into someone's pocket. Yeah, true. Could you somehow <laughs> dissolve the button in the beer so they ingest it? And it's like now mm. definitely a part of them. What if you give them an envelope full of cash and the button? Yeah. And they're like, everything in this envelope is for you. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. Yes, this is all mm. for me. And there's a button in there as well. Yeah. That works. I'd be like, hey, hang on. What's this fucking button, mate? <laughs> then what do you do? And I'm running away. And then they're being dragged to hell. They're like, I can never come and get me. If you gave them a thing of money and be like, hey, here's this money. Also, I just want you to have this button as well. But you can't have the money unless you keep the button. They'd be like, yeah, whatever, dude. Although I would be really worried because I would be scared that... I don't know if you've covered this on the show yet, but it would be like a reverse mm. It Follows situation. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Hmm. Because it depends how versed you are in, in horror history mm. to whether you trust someone or not. Isn't that also how you how you beat the ring? You you get someone else to watch the ring? Mm. Yes. It's a lot of pressure. I don't know. Like in, in my head, I was like, Sean, I'm like, oh, I'd give that button to someone else. But then I've got to live with the fact that I've condemned them to hell forever. To an eternity of hell. Especially yeah. when you deserve to go there. <laughs> I can live with that. <laughs> oh, Sean. All right. Here's how I see this ending then. The four of us basically hot potato the button between the four of us until we all get dragged out. <laughs> I mean, that's absolutely what happens. Cool. All right. That's uh, that's depressing uh, in many ways, but <laughs> unsurprisingly, an appropriate ending for this podcast, given how the movie actually ended as well. Scary boys go to hell. <laughs> Thanks, JD, for dragging us to hell. No problem. Anytime. <laughs> My presence often has that effect. It was always going to end that way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. And I've been Joel. Joel Dusha. <laughs> uh, yeah, serious thanks for coming on, Joel. Always a pleasure to have you with no us. No worries. Thanks for having me. And good call not letting me pick the film. <laughs> <laughs> you never will. Like, do we want to say next time, do we let Dusha pick the film or yeah. still no? Do we yeah, have next, next time. time. Right, next, next time, yeah. Okay. That feels like a false mm. promise from Sean. This is your 30 seconds of courage rearing its head. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Hey, look, no. The next time Dusha's on this show, he will have picked the film alright <laughs> okay well, if you scaredy listeners would like to contact us you can email us at 3scaredboys at gmail.com or you can find us on twitter at scaredyboys or individually I'm at midday pajamas I'm at Carney from 55 well, I'm in hell <laughs> and I'm at douche 13 <laughs> stay scared everyone hey goat shut up hold up what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 